Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. Well, hey, I am honored to be here. As Lindsay said, my name is Garrison. Tracy, my wife and I, we have the privilege to help lead Capital Young Adults. And um, hey, oh, it's a good place to be on a Sunday night. Um, and I'm glad Tracy, I'm not glad she wasn't here. That sounded bad. But uh, when Lindsay said the balloons, if you know my wife, she literally would have freaked out. She would have stood up. She would have done circles. She would have ran out of the sanctuary. Um, it's literally her favorite thing in the entire world, if you know her. So we'll probably be there. I don't have a choice. I'm going to have to be there. And yeah, Declan can go with us too. So yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see if we can get up in time. And so yeah, if you don't know, Tracy and I, we did have a baby. His name is Declan. I might be biased, but I think he is the most handsome boy in the world. And uh, he is two months old now. And so we are so grateful for little baby Declan. Um, but hey, tonight we're gonna be preaching a little bit of the word and I'm gonna read some scripture. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna talk a little bit about it. And I really believe that God's gonna do something powerful tonight. Uh, and you might've showed up without expectation. And can I just say that's okay because I have expectation. I believe God's gonna do something tonight really powerful and profound. And um, so we're gonna start tonight in uh, the book of Revelation. If you have, yeah, someone say, hey oh. It's going to get crazy. No, it's not that crazy. It's, it's okay. Um, if you have your Bibles, though, you can turn with me to uh, Revelation chapter 12. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses. We're going to pray, and we'll talk a little bit about this. But we're going to read uh, just a handful of verses, uh, 7 to 12. And if you're with me, say, I'm with you. Awesome. You guys seem like you're pretty lively tonight. Come on. That's not sarcastic. I mean, we're like Lynn said, we're little, but we're powerful. We're mighty. It's like dynamite. So, okay. So Revelation chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 7. It says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Someone say amen. That's good news. And I think there should be two more. Perfect. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb. Someone say the blood of the lamb. Blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. Someone say the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. One more scripture. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, in you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Amen. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for these few moments that we have tonight. I thank you, Jesus. It's not about just a talk. It's not just a conversation, but we thank you that Jesus, with you, lives are transformed. 
Thank you that Holy Spirit, when you're involved, that lives are put back together. And I pray tonight, Jesus, as we gather here and Lord, as we have a few moments, would you come and speak to your children in such a way that only you can? We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. And we thank you that you are here and moving, doing something fresh in our lives. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And if you believe that, amen. Amen. Hey, I, uh, I'm a dad now, and I love being a dad. It's one of the greatest things in the world. But I also have the privilege of being an uncle. And uh, I have any aunts or uncles in here? So I have like a full quiver. Like I've got lots of nieces and nephews. If you don't know, Pastor Kristen Kelly, uh, they are my sister and brother-in-law. They have, brace yourselves, seven kids just between the two of them. They have three sets of twins. Um, well, they have, yeah, they have Irish quads and then they have Wesley, Quincy, and Waverly. It's three, yes, so that's three sets of twins. You get the point. Um, but I love my nieces and nephews. And if you know little Wesley, he's just the cutest little kid. Uh, so Wesley and I, we were up at camp. Uh, actually, you guys were all up there. It was summer camp, CYA. Um, and we were up there for camp and Wesley's so cute. He always wants to come and he wants to challenge me at things. You know how like little nieces and nephews are. And Wesley was so cute and he has kind of a, a wisp. And so he's like, Uncle Bear, I wanna, you want to play basketball? And he kind of has like this super cute lisp. And um, so he wanted to play basketball with his uncle. So we go out to the basketball courts and isn't it like, this is the best thing in the world. Okay, as a, as a dad, as like an uncle or an aunt, isn't it the best thing in the world when you know the outcome of something, like what it's gonna be? <laughs> like, okay, let's be honest. I'm, you know, I'm like five times his age. Not he's, oh my God, I'm not, he's 10 years old. I'm not five times his age. <laughs> I'm not 50, I promise, okay? Um, I'm like three times his age, maybe twice. And I knew like, okay, little Wesley, I love you. You're my, my nephew, but I know I can take you, bro. So I'm like, yeah, we'll go play basketball. It's the best feeling when you know the outcome of the event. So we, we go out there and, and we were playing. Keegan showed up later on after we were playing a little uh, pig. But um, I had like the most peace and the most confidence ever. Like, because I'm like, Wesley, I love you, dude, but you're like 10 and your uncle's gonna destroy you, okay? In front of your brother and your dad. And so it, we, we played this game of basketball and, you know, throughout it, I would kind of let Wesley think like he had the upper hand. You know, I had to be a good uncle and let him think he was like in the game. And then uncle would dunk on him and shove him. You know, I'm kidding, I wouldn't shove him. But, um, and so we got down with this basketball game and it was just, at the end of it, I'm like, well, I knew this was going to be the outcome, right? I, I knew where this thing was headed. And um, I want to talk about uh, a little bit of the context and the background of this scripture. This kind of helps to summarize a little bit of the book of Revelation. And uh, the book of Revelation, as you might know, it's apocalyptic literature. So this means it's like foretelling. It's talking about things to come in the future. And... Um, It'll talk about things like the final uh, crisis period, Jesus's return to earth. It'll talk about judging evil, new creation, 
Uh, and it's written in a lot of symbolic and metaphoric language. If you've ever, you guys ever read the book of Revelation? Yeah, it's like you need like an interpreter or you need like some help when you read it, right? It's because it's apocalyptic and it's symbolic. Um, it was written by uh, John, who also wrote the book of John, which is in the Gospels. And um, John had been given a vision from God in Revelation. So he's there listening to God, and he's writing down on a tablet all that God tells him. And he's to give this information to the seven churches that are in the New Testament. Okay, but... Uh, the whole book of Revelation, like that story, someone's like, why is he talking about basketball? It doesn't even make sense where he's going right now. So like uh, basketball with Wesley, the book of Revelation, what it does is it gives its hearers confidence and it gives its hearers peace because it tells you the outcome of the end. It talks about what's gonna happen down the road. And so it gives us confidence knowing that I know the outcome of this so I can have peace and confidence here and now. That's what the book of Revelation does. And so when we read this scripture, uh, that's what John is unpacking. He's talking about future events. In Revelation 12, John is making the point that the power of the blood is in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus's resurrection is what defeated Satan and took away his authority over God's people. Satan can no longer accuse and condemn us because of the blood of Jesus. This is part of what John is talking about. Revelation 12, eight, it says, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Pretty intense, right? Like he was thrown down out of heaven. We're talking about Satan here. Did you know that he was originally in heaven? He was an angel in heaven at one point. And the Bible says he was actually thrown down and cast out of heaven. And this is what John is reiterating. So Satan no longer has authority over our lives or our future. When we walk in the resurrection power of Jesus, Satan has no authority over our past, our present, or our future. Jesus does. Jesus is the atonement for our sin and he lets us now walk in victory as God's people. So Satan may still be in this world, but he's no longer in charge over our lives. He was cast and kicked out of heaven. He no longer has authority over our lives. Verse 11, it says this. It says, and they conquered him talking about the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. The blood of Jesus, you know what it does? It gives us victory as believers. The blood of Jesus, it covers us and washes away our sin. In the Old Testament, the bloodshed was for animal sacrifices that atoned and covered for sins of God's people. So all throughout the Old Testament, before Jesus comes on the scene, what you see is you see that as God's people sinned, they had to take animals, sacrifice them, use that blood to atone for their sins so they could remain right with God. 
That was how it worked in the Old Testament. You know what happens 2000 years later, Jesus comes on the scene where we now live post Jesus resurrection. Now we're seen by God as spotless and perfect because of the blood of Jesus. It's like, you guys, this, you guys ever done this? This was me in high school. You're showed up like late or tardy to a class or you're about to. And then you do, you do the dip and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the chiropractor and get a note. And I've never done that one before. No one's done that before. Oh my gosh. Or you go to the doctor and you, you get a note from the doctor. I do this all the time in high school. I think it was like literally every week I would show up late and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go to my chiropractor, act like I need a little adjustment. He would adjust me and he would give me a doctor's note. I would come back every week to school and I'd go, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like three periods late. It wasn't three periods late. And I would give him a doctor's note and all my absence was excused. I'm the only one that did this. You guys are like, you are the worst pastor in the world. Okay. Well, I don't condone it. I'm just saying I did it. All right. Don't do what I do or what I, yeah, do what I said, not what I do. Uh, this, this is like what Jesus has done for us. This is what the blood of Jesus does. It atones for all of our sin. It atones for all of our error. It atones for all of our wrong. The blood of Jesus covers us so that the enemy has no right or no authority in our life anymore. That's what the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus also acts as our life source. The same way our physical bodies rely on blood, so do our spiritual bodies. Did you know... <laughs> I was going to ask, did you know? This would be terrible if you didn't know. We physically can't live without blood. <laughs> profound. Yeah, write that one in your notes. It's really profound. We can't live without blood. If someone loses too much blood, they could die. It's profound. <laughs> yeah. Mary's writing that one down good. Uh, it's just like, and some of you are going to get, hopefully some of you get this, Sarah B, Outer Banks. Remember when she gets shot and she's bleeding out and John B's right and they're panicking and no, Tracy and I were like, no! Well, okay, well, let me finish with where I'm going. She lives, okay? She lives, <laughs> Oh man, I'm going to spoil the whole thing for you because Tracy and I are almost done with it. <laughs> and in my notes is, I won't spoil it for the two people that haven't seen it. I already spoiled it, so <laughs> it's too late. But you know what? The doctor, the doctor gives up and he gives up hope and he tells John B, she's just lost too much blood. Right? <laughs> okay. So the point is we can't live without blood. In the same way, we as Christians cannot live without the blood of Jesus. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. The blood of Jesus in the spiritual is the same to our physical bodies as it is in the natural. It is. The blood of Jesus keeps us alive. It's our source of life as Christians. If we live outside of the blood, we are still under the authority of the devil. 
If you showed up tonight, and I'm not here to condemn or scare anyone, but if you showed up here tonight and you were outside of relationship with Jesus, if you were outside of the covering of the blood of Jesus, did you know you're still under the authority of the enemy? It's the blood of Jesus that protects you. It's the blood of Jesus that covers you. And it's the blood of Jesus that empowers you to walk out the Christian life. I wanna talk about applying the blood of Jesus. As believers, we've been given authority to appropriate and apply the blood of Jesus in our lives. Do you know that? We as believers, we have authority to appropriate the blood of Jesus in every area of our life. Appropriating the blood of Jesus is declaring the victory that Jesus already has given us through his resurrection. We're saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. I'm going to appropriate the blood of Jesus over this situation. I'm going to appropriate the blood of Jesus over my life. We're speaking to the defeated devil. We're reminding him of who's in charge. We're saying, devil, you've been defeated, cast out of heaven. And you know what? It's the blood of Jesus that sets me free. We declare it and we decree it. The devil, did you know this? He can't fight against the blood of Jesus. You know why? It's already defeated him. When we appropriate the blood of Jesus in our lives, the devil can't do anything. He has no offensive weapon because the blood has already defeated Satan. So we have to learn to appropriate the blood of Jesus over our lives. Ways to appropriate the blood. Number one, you can, you can apply it to receive healing. Isaiah 53, five says this. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. We uh, had a story of a guy in our small group. This was about five years ago. His name was Sam. And uh, we came to an event here. Sam had a withered hand. And I remember a guy in my small group walked up to me and he said, hey, uh, Sam, um, he, he wants to receive prayer. So what happened, Sam, his wife, one night, uh, she walked into his room and she tried to actually kill Sam, her husband. She missed, thank God, shot his arm, shattered every bone in his arm, went to the doctor. The doctor said, Sam, you're never gonna have feeling again in your arm. She said the, the bones just shattered into the nerves and he was never gonna be able to move his arm or his hand again. So I meet Sam and Sam walks up to us during this event and he, he can't even hold up his hand. And I remember Sam walked up and the buddy of mine and I in our small group, we said, you know what, we're just gonna pray and we're gonna take authority over this in Jesus' name. We're gonna believe God to heal. And so we prayed that night and we just said, uh, you know, Jesus, right now, we just appropriate the blood over Sam's life, over his arm, over this injury. And we just believe, Jesus, you can heal Sam. Um, come on, if it's your first time praying for healing, that's not a good one. You know what I mean? It's like that requires some faith. Um, kidding. It's, it's all the same to God. But. And so we ended up praying for Sam. And uh, Sam's hand was completely healed, completely restored. He came up at the, end of the, at the end of the event and he was, he was shaking and he was going like this and he, was, he said, I, I, I can feel my hand. 
It had been almost 12 months since Sam had ever had feeling in his hand before. He got, the next two weeks, he got all of his feeling back entirely in his arm and in his hand. We appropriated the blood of Jesus over Sam. It's good for healing. Number two, to protect your home. Exodus 12, seven, it says, then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. Uh, Sal, who's in here, uh, we used to live together years ago, so he can attest if this is not true, but it's true. Um, we uh, moved into a house together and um, we just had experienced like lots of interesting things in the house. It was, it was like, it was just kind of eerie. I remember I would go to sleep and I would have nightmares like every single night. And it just, I, something was off in the house. So one night we just were like, my God, we haven't even prayed over our house. We haven't appropriated the blood of Jesus over the house. So um, Sal and I, and I don't remember if we had someone with us or not, but Sal and I got together and uh, we prayed over the house. We anointed it with oil. And uh, we said, we just appropriate the blood of Jesus over this house. I kid you not, that very next night, and from then on, I never once had another nightmare in that house again. And that night, something lifted out of that house, some dark demonic force left that house, and it has never been the same since. We appropriated the blood of Jesus over the house. Number three, to cast out demonic activity. The blood of Jesus is powerful to cast out demonic activity. Matthew 10, eight, it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Uh, this is recent, but Tracy and I and uh, my in-laws, Pastor Kenneth Connie, we were on a vacation recently and um, there was like demonic activity where we were staying. And I don't need to get into too much detail, but we all got together and uh, we just agreed in prayer. We said, we take authority over this spirit and this demonic activity in the name of Jesus. We appropriate the blood of Jesus. And you know what happened? Immediately, this demonic activity left. Immediately. That's the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. The devil flees when we appropriate the blood of Jesus. The devil can't get anywhere near where God or his blood or his children are. He has to move on. He has to flee because the blood is powerful. Uh, next one, to cover your children and your family. Psalms 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Our little son, Declan, he's the sweetest boy. I already talked about it, so I'm gonna move on. But uh, Declan, he, um, the other night, he was having a nightmare and he woke up like in legitimate terror. Like he woke up and he was freaking out. Um, and so Tracy and I, we took him, we just said, okay, we, right now we pray over Declan. We appropriate the blood of Jesus over this boy and any spirit not from God leave in the name of Jesus. And you know what he did? Immediately fell asleep went right back to sleep and slept through the entire night. The blood of Jesus is powerful, friends. The blood of Jesus has authority over demonic forces. It has authority over spirits. It has authority over ailments. It has authority over uh, physical healing. The blood of Jesus is powerful. 
Satan has no right or access to us because of the blood. We need to apply the blood of Jesus to our situation and we need to activate the blood. One scholar said this, he said, if the devil's accusations had been effective with God, then all of God's people would have been cast from his presence and would have begun to experience the anguish of the final judgment, which would be consummated at the last day. Instead, the devil was cast out from heaven because his charges had become groundless. The saint's status in heaven has been legitimized finally by Christ's suffering on the cross. All believers past, present, and future have overcome him, the devil, because of the blood of the lamb. The death of Jesus is the ultimate basis for our ability to overcome. Verse 11 and uh, as the band comes forward, I'm gonna read this scripture and we have a few more points, but verse 11, it says two things. It says, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb. And the second thing, by the word of their testimony. The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of our testimony. See, our testimony is the living proof of the victory of Jesus to others around us. We're drawn, you ever notice this? We're drawn to recommendations and testimonies of people. Like how many times have you ever purchased something like whether it be on Instagram or whether it be on the TV or just something in a store, someone's recommended it to you? We do this all the time. Or have you ever like gone to a restaurant because a friend has recommended, they talked about how good it was? This happens all the time because my wife and I, we love to eat out. And so people will say something about a restaurant, we'll go. There's something about when we recommend or we share or refer things that people love to get on board with. This is the power of sharing our testimony. The story of Jesus, did you know it started with just 12 men? Think about this. Christianity started with 12 men in a little tiny village, 12 teenagers. Over 2,000 years ago, the story of Jesus Christ was told. And Jesus, who through his resurrection, overcame Satan, defeated death, defeated hell, defeated sin, defeated the grave, and rose back to life. That story of Christianity, you know what today, through the power of the testimony starting with 12 people, it's now over one third of the entire population has been reached and touched and proclaims Jesus is now Lord. Over 2.5 billion people now confess Jesus as Lord. That is the power of our testimony the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.